here's where you have to know how to drop your golf ball. Sure speeds up play when you have those drop areas. Fowler has dropped the ball twice. The Shambo is going to get a free drop. Something bad has happened if we end up here. This is the drop zone. Hello, folks. You've hopefully listened to one Drop Zone podcast already this week. I got good news. Here is another one. A midweek podcast from your favorite golf podcast. I'm Sean Zock. He's Dylan DeChair. And we're happy to bring you a little mini interview. Not a mini interview. It's like 25 to 30 minutes long with Colt Nost. You know him if you're a longtime tour fan from his days as a tour player, or you now know him as a PGA Tour on-course reporter, you might listen to his podcast, Subpar. A lot of a lot of people yeah. listen to that. Um, a lot of cross-listening too. That's what I was going to say, Sean. I mean, like if even if we're not your favorite podcast hosts, yeah, yeah, at least maybe we've just got some big Colt Nost fans in the door, and we're thrilled to have you. That's what I would say. We're a, we're a big tent podcast. <laughs> All comers are yeah. welcome. So we've got that coming down the pike today. And yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely going to have two podcasts next week at the Masters. As much drop zone as you can feed through your earbuds. Dylan, it's your turn to read the ads. <laughs> well, it's funny, Sean. I was going to say, you know, you guys know the drill at this point, but I, I bet we've got a few new listeners that don't know the drill. And here is that drill. Sean and I are each both dressed head to toe right now in the comfiest, best performing and also most sustainable golf apparel you could ever imagine. That comes courtesy of the good folks at Radmore Golf. That's R-A-D-M-O-R. It's a Seattle-based apparel startup started by two former University of Washington golf teammates. Basically, Sean, they want to make golf a sport that where what you wear reflects, you know, the beautiful landscapes that you're playing in. So, uh, we are hopefully doing that. I think we're looking good as we do it. We're doing it in comfort. And we are basically giving away fresh Radmore gear to all of our listeners because if you go to radmoregolf.com and enter the code DROPZONE, you're going to get 25% off. That's 25% off if you go to radmorgolf.com and enter the code DROPZONE. All right, Sean, what are we going to hear from Colt here? Well, Colt uh, sat down with us just this morning, um, to talk about a lot of stuff, talk about a little bit of his history, talk about his new job. The man transitioned from being a, a PGA tour player, fully fledged to honestly being a quasi media role, kind of settling up next to us and talking about golf a lot more than playing golf. He talks about golf all the time. Mm-hmm. All the time, every single day. If you and I think we talk about golf a lot, honestly, he might go 10x more than we do, mainly because he's got a serious show that is three times a week. He's talking about how Jordan Spieth is playing shots um, for Golf Channel and CBS as an on-course reporter, and he hosts a podcast that does really well for Golf.com. So he's he's a golf talker right now, and he's yes. I would say he's probably one of the most beloved golf talkers. Is that fair to say? Like people really like Colt most. <laughs> I think they do. Yeah. I mean, look, he's terrific and and he's obviously comfortable doing it. Uh, he handled all of our questions pretty ably. We asked him about Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, <laughs> gambling on the course. Um, this was fun. 
it was great. And we're definitely hoping to bring you guys more of these kind of midweek interview podcasts. So hopefully this is the first of many, Sean. But I don't want to talk too much about the interview. I just want to let you guys hear the interview. So here it is, Sean Zaccadilla to share with Colt Nost. All right, Colt Nost joins us now. I was trying to figure out how to intro Colt, but right now he is a PGA Tour on-course reporter, podcast host, Sirius XM radio host. You are a busy man, and all of it at this point is like it's all about talking about golf. Do you ever get tired of talking about golf? Ah, oh, that's a good question. Actually, I joke with my friends sometimes, you know, because they always want to talk about what's going on in the world. I'm like. Guys, this is all I do every day of the week. Can we just talk about something else? But golf is seriously is my passion. It's what I love to do. Um, I obviously love to play it. I love to talk about it. So I don't mind. But at some point, it's kind of like, okay, can we just talk about football or something? Yeah, no doubt. Can you take us back to when you decided to take the media plunge, right? Rather than keep chasing the the tour life. Like how did that process shake out? Were you being courted behind the scenes? Did people say, hey, you're going to be good at this. How did you know you'd be good at it? Yeah. So I, I was out um, 2017 and mostly 2018. I had two surgeries on my hand. And one of the weeks when I was out, I got a phone call from a guy named Ross Malloy at CBS. Just randomly said, hey, we've never met. Some people think you're going to be good at this TV thing when you stop playing. <laughs> would you want to give it a try? And I'm like, God, I never even thought about that, but sure, I would love to. So they gave me um, they gave me three chances in the booth, which was um, L.A. I think I did John Deere and one other one. But I never basically in the TV life, you kind of sink or swim. It's not like there's a bunch of coaching or anything going on like that. They're like, here's your microphone. Here you go. Let's see what you got. <laughs> and so it was really overwhelming for me. I didn't. I didn't, the week didn't go good and it didn't go bad. It was just kind of whatever. I was just, as some people probably say, just another voice that's out there talking about golf. Um, so I didn't really know what to expect, but that same week that I did that, I met Scott Greenstein with Sirius XM and he offered me a show on their network on PJ tour radio. So I brought on my man, Drew Stoltz. You know, we did, we did one hour, um, every Monday for the first year and people loved it and immediately they wanted us to go more. And so we started doing three days a week, two hours a day. Um, I, I did a couple more of the TV events. I did the PGA Championship at Harding Park for ESPN. And I remember talking to Mike McQuaid, who's the producer over there. And I was like, man, I would love a shot to be on the ground walking with groups. I was like, I think that's where I where I belong, honestly, in my opinion. And so he said, let's give it a go. And I did it. And the reviews were great right out of the gate. You know, the players liked me being out there. The tweets from all the other players that were watching was fantastic. And... I just really feel like that's where I was meant to be. You know, I haven't been back in the booth since, to be honest. I don't really want to. I know it's 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 a nice gig and everything, but I love being out there in the action. Um, I love being out there with the crowds, talking with the players, walking down the fairways, and I couldn't be having more fun right now. Yeah. Colt, when, it, when you go back to that first step when, you know, there was talk before you'd ever even been in the booth of, oh, yeah, this guy's obviously going to be good at this. Where did that come from? Why did people think that you you know, as a player, we're going to be great as a broadcaster, a commentator. I just think, you know, I think even now that I'm in this business, like I talk to those people and they ask who would be the next guy, you know, who's out there playing on the PGA tour right now that has a personality. And I think my name just got thrown around as one of the guys that does have a personality on the PGA tour. I mean, if you see my range sessions, they're two hours long and an hour 20 of it's talking, bouncing up and down the <laughs> range, talking to everybody, you know, having a good time. But it was weird when this all came to me, 
I still had a major medical exemption to play on the PGA tour. So it's kind of like, okay, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Um, if I don't keep my card, what am I going to do here? And for me, I had this great opportunity, obviously with subpar, the podcast series XM, and then the CBS deal, I had no idea where that was going to go, but I knew I didn't want to go backwards and I didn't want to go to the corn Ferry tour and spend a year. I, you know, I've, I've been out on the PGA tour long enough that it's a great tour, but it's, it's a lot of work and it's, it's a grind. And I just didn't feel like I had that in me to keep on going. And the game's changed so much over the years with how far everybody hits it. And I was one of the shortest guys out there. And I, I feel like honestly, my time spent on the PGA tour was to lead me to what I'm really supposed to do in life. And that's this right now. Do you feel any guilt that you overnight started to take on a media job and make us look bad? Like we, we've been working at this for a long time and you just kind of snapped your fingers and we're pretty damn good at it. Well, first off, I don't think I just became a star overnight. Like, I mean, I, I did put in some time, but you're right. I didn't, I, I had no training at this. Someone gave me, was giving me some crap on Twitter the other day about our Greg Norman interview on subpar, which is a whole nother deal. But called me a journalist and I'm like, dude, I'm not a journalist. Like I'm an ex golfer that just happens to talk into a microphone. Like I've never been trained for any of this. I, I will say I got very, very lucky. Like honestly, looking back, the injury was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. Even though I was playing the best golf of my career at the time, this injury led me to this. And now the fact that, you know, I can walk the fairways for CBS, do the subpar podcast and do the Sirius XM and I'm so lucky. So next week at the masters, mm -hmm. what is your exact role? When people are going to hear your voice, what will they be seeing? So I believe what I'm doing is I'm not on the main broadcast yet. So I don't think they're ready for me to, to throw me into that deep end of the pool yet. So I believe what I'm doing is the featured groups, which is what you um, what, what, what streamed, which is on before the network coverage. So a lot of people watch it, obviously, and it's it's a blast. Um, I get to do it with some good buddies, Shane Bacon, one of them. Um, so I'll, but I'll be there all week. I'll be on site, which I'm very much looking forward to. Last year was my first masters and to be there, you know, I, my whole deal was obviously people know that I turned pro early and didn't go play the masters as an amateur. So I'd never been on the grounds until last year. And so I went out there Monday, it was limited patrons, which was actually really, really good for me. Cause I could walk all 18 by myself, just took it all in and really got to experience what a special place Augusta National is and how amazing the Masters is. And I can't wait to get back. It is, it's one of those places, I don't know if y'all have been there, but it's, you, you know every hole because you've watched it so much on TV. But when you're there in person, you can find something new every single day out there. The place is so big, mm -hmm. it's unbelievable. And it truly is extremely special. I got the chance to play it in November for the first time, which was a treat. Um, but man, there's nothing like it. And the fact that we could possibly have Tiger Woods in the field next week, man, I'm, I'm pumped. Whew. Yeah, are you breaking news right here, Colt? Colt Nost says we could possibly have Tiger Woods in the field. What do you think? I, if you had to gun to your head, what would you say right now? Is Tiger playing or nah? Uh, he's going to tee it up, I think. You know, everything we've been Ooh. hearing. Yeah, I think he is. With with everything, you know, hearing Joe LaCava's been down in South Florida, he's been playing medalist and walking. And I, I know Joe and Tiger are extremely close, but I don't see Joe flying down to South Florida just to carry his bag and hang out. Like, that just seems a little ridiculous to me. And the fact his name's still on the on the field list, like I I don't know Tiger super well, but I know that if if there was any chance, if he knew he wasn't going to play, he would have already told us. Mm -hmm. That's what I yeah. think. So the fact that there is, he might not do it, but there is a. I'm saying he's leaning towards going. I'm with you. In his mind, he either has not decided, or he's at least doing everything he can to get himself ready. Yes. Uh, and it's funny. I almost feel like the golf world is not. We haven't done our normal preparation of sort of months of 
bantering back and forth of is Tiger going to play? Is he not going to play? I think people were actually a little more reserved this time and just assuming, you know, we'll see him when he's ready. Uh, we're not quite as rabid as we used to be, I think, a few years ago. But I mean, it would be a heck of a bonus going into uh, into this year's Masters. Are there any other storylines, Colt, that you see as particularly intriguing going into this Masters? I mean, there's so many. In my opinion, it's the most wide open Masters we've had in a, in a long time. You look at the top 10 in the world rankings right now. We were talking about it earlier today. I mean, you throw those 10 names in a hat, let me draw one. I'll probably be pretty happy with whoever I pick out of there because I think <laughs> I think it's that wide open. Look at what Scotty Scheffler's doing right now, being the world number one, you know, after winning three of his last five starts. Just unbelievable. John Rahm, who, I mean, if he doesn't win a green jacket before his time's up, I'd be shocked. And then in my opinion, yeah. Justin Thomas is on an absolute mission to win a green jacket this year. I think his game is trending in a very, very nice direction. And I wouldn't be one bit surprised to see him peak next week. So if last year was your first time at, at Augusta at the masters and you're kind of, like you said, you're learning something about that place. Every single day you go out there. Uh, if someone's going there this year, where, where should they go watch? Like where, where, what little pockets on the course did you find particularly intriguing to you? Well, there's not a bad place on the property. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> but the 12th tee is the most gorgeous golf scene I've ever seen in my life. And I feel like I've played quite, quite a few places. But when I walked over the hill on 11 for the first time and started making my way down towards Amen Corner, mm. I was literally just like, oh, my God, this place is unbelievable. Like, yeah. I've never seen anything like that. I mean, it looks like a scene out of a movie. It's just absolutely gorgeous. The 12th hole, my, in my opinion, is the best part three in the world. I and after playing it for the first time, I can see why these guys have had so much trouble with it over the years. You know, it's, it's kind of, I made three. Um, it nice. was crazy talking to the caddy about it. So we, we went through number 11 was dead back into the wind. Number 12 runs the same way. And so we're on the team. I believe, I believe it was like 157. And I was like, dude, it's gotta be playing 167. Once he's like, no, 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 no. Here's how this works. He goes, so the wind comes in. I know you feel it off 11, but the wind hits the trees to the left of the green here on 12, then actually spins it. And it actually makes it go a little downwind. And I'm like, what? okay, just you give me a yardage that you want me to hit this. And I'm just going to hit it. So he's like, give me 155. So I hit an eight iron, probably like 15, 20 feet left of the pin uh, and wow. missed it, but made, but made par, but it was fascinating to hear him explain this to me. And I can see why. I don't think it, I've ever heard that though. The actual conflicting eleven playing different than twelve. I've never. Yeah, heard I never. I never heard it either because you always hear look over at the flag on eleven. Yeah. And for some reason, he told me he's like, nope, don't look, don't look at that. And I, I don't know if that was just that day or what, but he's like, I'm telling you that this is the wind's going to spin in this tree, and it's actually might, might actually help your ball a little bit here. I'm like, all right, well, here we go. Let's see what happens. <laughs> what else did you learn from playing the golf course that you might not have? known from you know just hearing about it over the years and watching it on tv it shows you how incredible these guys are with their iron play you know it's it's not that tight off the tee which we all know but the sections of the greens at augusta national they are so small like the seventh green i walked up to the seventh green and i'm like you've got to be kidding me like this is the hole we see these guys use the slope and bring it down to the hole and everything and how good it is it is so small like you have to be so precise i could not believe that um my other favorite hole, when you when you get to the hill on 10, the view of the 10th green, I think, is just gorgeous. And another hole that's just crazy small, the, the first hole. I mean, that, that little section over the front left bunker where they put the pin, it's, it's like six by six, it feels like. And these guys are just throwing it in there and spinning it. It just shows you how good these guys are. Yeah, that was definitely my impression. I, I got to play it on the media lottery the day after the Masters a few years ago. Um, and... 
I hit felt like I hit it okay all day, and I had so many like forty foot putts. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just you know, and and they had the same pins as they do for the Masters on Sunday. So they've got these you know things that look like they're funnel pins all the time. And then you get there, you're like man, the the area I have to land this in, the spin control I have to have hitting this shot is so much more precise than I guess I would have realized. So that definitely stood out to me. You know, I stepped on the tee at sixteen. And the pin was actually, it was down on the, on the left, but it was kind of more towards the back of the green, not the Sunday, typical Sunday pin. But that's another one that you just, everyone expects these guys to hit the slope and it feeds <laughs> down there and it almost has a chance to go in. And then you see Xander Schauffele hit it in the water there on Sunday last year. And as a, as a player, you, you just don't see many guys hit it in the water there, right? But when you step up on that tee and get ready to hit, you're like, that water's not that far from this whole location. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. you pull it 25 feet and you're, and you're there. So I... I'm just blown away at how good these guys can control their irons. I mean, I know it's a seven or an eight iron for these guys, but they still, they're just so precise. It's unbelievable. If I was given a job as an on-course reporter on the grounds following groups tomorrow, what is the biggest advice you would give me? Or or maybe like, what's the biggest thing I would not understand about the, the job you play there? I think people are, that, you know, go out and do it for the first time. They're shocked about how much is going on between how many voices are in your head, having to pay mm. attention, know when it's coming to you. Um, you know, some of the biggest advice I've, I've been given over this time is be able to end any sentence at any moment, any comment at any moment. Like you got to be able to go get in because you don't know how much time you're going to have. It's, it could be really short. You want to try to get in a nugget here or a story here. You might have six seconds. So you don't know. So, I mean, less is obviously more, but it is so much fun. Like for me, just being a past player and everything, just to be out there in the in the atmosphere, be inside the ropes and walking. Like, I mean, I get some adrenaline going. It's it's really, really fun. I remember when Cam Champ was coming down the stretch trying to win 3M last year and he made the disaster drive off 18 when he had a two-shot lead. Like, I was into it. I was like, this is cool. Um, <laughs> trying, to, trying to call and explain what's going on right now. It is so much fun. And the fact that Jim Nance throws it down to me every once in a while is just a pinch me moment every time it happens. Um, One thing that uh, John Wood does, I think, really well, I think Bones used to do this quite well, is if there's something that's confusing to the TV viewer uh, or to the people in the booth, they're not afraid to like saddle up next to a caddy and like quickly ask a question, Um, Mm -hmm. or at least that's what it seems. Is that a tricky thing? Or do you find yourself like communicating maybe with the players as they walk from one hole to the next? So my deal... I, I, I stay out of the way unless they want to talk to me. So that's the deal. So like, I, I mean, when I get Jordan Spieth's group, we've been buddies for a long time. He'll be like, Hey, come here. Let's, let's talk about something going up. And we, you know, we have a lot of good laughs, tell some good stories as we're walking up there, but it all depends. And it all depends. I respect the situation as well. So if you know, it's coming down the stretch on Sunday, Hey man, they're working. I'm, I'm staying out of the way, but yeah, caddies will come by and say some stuff to me. Like I talked to Michael Greller quite a bit. I had Spieth's group on number eight at Pebble beach when his ball was on the edge of Oh, yeah. cliff there. <laughs> so talking to him the rest of that, that day, um, there was a lot going on. I still was in shock that Jordan Spieth hit that shot. I mean, it was just, I, as I said on the broadcast, it was absolutely terrifying. I went over there and I stood over the <laughs> ball, you know, and took a stance like he would. And I was like, there's no chance in hell I'd hit this ball right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, you know, I have such a great relationship with these guys that it makes it fun. And, you know, they like giving me a hard time as we're walking up the fairways out there. Jordan's the best just because 
Jordan, I don't think, realizes that I'm on TV. He just thinks we're still walking down the fairways <laughs> playing his buddies, and he's going shot by shot with me and telling me all this. And I'm like, dude, I got to talk about you in like two seconds, so back up. <laughs> Go over there. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Um, it's, been, it's been unbelievable. The reception from the players has been great. To that point, Colt, I mean, you mentioned earlier, you know, you, you don't see yourself as a journalist, but how do you balance uh, so many of the positives that come with you being on tour and having great relationships and, and contacts and connections with these guys with then the, you know, occasional moments where you have to ask an uncomfortable question or, you know, you have to say that someone hit a bad shot or, or be in some way critical. Is that ever a tricky balance to hit? You know, I mean, I think that's one thing I think any former player would would struggle with or would would that question would come up quite a bit for me like I'm just doing my job right and I'm never going to be rude or hate on anybody but if somebody messes up or makes a bad decision I don't agree with that's that's my job and then you know off the golf course I still go to dinner with these guys during weeks and stuff like that and I know you know what they're if what they're telling me is for the public to know or if it's to be kept between us so I Mm -hmm. and that's the one thing I I, I'm always concerned about is I never want to cross that line to where they don't think we're still friends and they can tell me certain things that's going on out there. But I also, if, if it's something good, I'm damn sure going to be like, Hey, do you mind if I share that on, on air tomorrow? Um, yeah. because it's really fascinating stuff, but it's, it's been a little tricky, but overall, I mean, 95% of the time it's all been positive for me. When you are not, uh, working as an on-course reporter and, uh, I mean, you're doing the XM serious XM stuff and you're also hosting the subpar podcast, just kind of like looking at the podcast itself, listening to it, you guys have, you have one of the most diverse sets of guests. You go from Greg Norman to Morikawa to Brock Osweiler to (laughs) a college golfer, I think next week to a champions tour player the week after that. Um, Is that just you tapping into your Rolodex? Like it's so diverse. Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously very, very lucky. I've made some great friends along the way in this. I've been so blessed to meet some of the people I have um, through through the game of golf, and it's just it's an absolute joke. Some of the people we get on the show, I mean, I, I look back sometimes and I'm just like, I can't believe this is happening. But yeah, I mean, I've got I've got a very nice Rolodex. If I'm being honest, you know, Sleaze knows <laughs> quite a few guys as well. But um, the Rolodex is good, and you know, it's just we're at the point now, which has been I think some of the you know the biggest compliment we can receive is. I've had guys ask if they can come on, which I think is awesome. Um, yeah. You know, the pod, it, the pod's just, it's done great. It's a lot of fun. And like you said, we we try to mix it all up. I, we're here to talk about golf, but everybody loves golf. So, mm-hmm. I mean, whether it's Larry Fitzgerald, Charles Barkley, or, you know, Ben Higgins from The Bachelor, everybody has a golf story and they want to come on and share it. And we just try to make it a lot of fun. Yeah, but you're right. We've got Preston Summerhays coming up this week. Uh, freshman at Arizona State. Obviously, going to be he's going to be a stud. But yeah, we try to mix it all up. We're going to work on getting some more LPGA players involved as well. Um, but man, we have so much fun with this thing. Is there anyone that you have found out that is a listener that has kind of like blown your mind or taken you aback? Or at this point, you just assume like everyone's listening because so many people are. I don't think everyone's listening, but it's been really cool to see some of the guys that do listen. Uh, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, who's not a golfer at all, the head coach of the Arizona <laughs> Cardinals, listens every week. And Love I get that. comments from him about it, which is awesome. I got one when I was over in Dubai. Um, a guy came up to me and he's and he said, "Hey, my client listens to your your podcast, and he would like he would he would love to be a guest sometime." I'm like, "Okay, who is it?" And I know nothing about soccer. And it was a guy oh. named Gareth Gareth Bale. Yeah, he's got like Huge. 40 million followers on Instagram. I'm like, <laughs> he's like one of the biggest soccer players on the planet. And I'm like, 
You tell him he can come on anytime. I have no idea who he is, <laughs> but I would love to interview him. I mean, if he, if he's into it, I'm into it. I know one guy in your Rolodex is, uh, you know, we can call him the goat in basketball, Michael Jordan. You play money games with, with MJ from time to time. Mm-hmm. I just got to know, are you up or down lifetime on MJ? I honestly, I think I'm up, no doubt. The first time we ever played, we played 36 at Shadow Creek and he asked for a buyout because he just didn't have it that day. I've been his partner at Medalist, and we won. Uh, we've probably played 10, 12 times together, and I'm confident in saying that I'm up lifetime. That's Good. huge. That's important, because if you're <laughs> down, I feel like you could start to get more down pretty quickly, so I think that that's well, a good thing. The problem is if he hears this, he's going to probably make me get on a plane, and he's going to play for a number that I'll be uncomfortable for, so he can be up quickly. He'll be up lifetime very quickly. If he's listening, then we got a good thing going on. Uh, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Colt, take us behind the scenes a little bit of uh, of the Subpar Podcast, and of course, you know you and Drew Stoltz work together in in multiple capacities. But uh, how is it, you know, translating a, a friendship into a work partnership into just spending so much time together? I mean, me and Sean get sick of each other all the time, but uh, but we make it work. What do you guys like uh, off the off the audio? Yeah, you know, I would say there's. I mean, just like y'all said, you'll get sick of each other at a time. I mean, we do. Gravy in the sleeves on Sirius XM three days a week. We do the podcast as often. We do one a week, but we we film it whenever we can. I mean, we definitely see plenty of each other, but it's great. You know, we're I think we, we get along great. We have obviously a, a great chemistry in here, but we're also very very different off the go, off 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 the video and everything. You know, I, I'm very organized <laughs> and I enjoy <laughs> playing golf as much as possible. Sleeves, you know, a little different. He's got two little kids at home married and all this so he's got the family life and everything but we still if, if we're not working we still see each other up at whisper rock we don't play a whole lot of golf together you know i have a pretty standard money money game thursday friday saturday when i'm in town that i enjoy playing in but man it's it's been really really cool we talked about doing something a long time ago together the serious xm thing started that was awesome and then it led to subpar and we're very very lucky and then how about the scouting report on your game at this point? I mean, I know you, yeah. you don't play as much as you did when you were playing full time, but you still, you know, like you said, you've got some standing games. How has your own golf game evolved? Well, it's not near as good as it used to be. I'll <laughs> tell you that. It's just crazy to go play and you see these shots that used to be so simple or you knew you had the ability to pull off. And now you just, I don't have it. Um, you know, around the greens, I am absolutely terrible compared to what it used to be. <laughs> But I'm still competitive. You know, I, I go out there. If I play with the tour guys, I'm getting anywhere from two to four shots total. So um, I'm definitely not scared to take strokes. Um, I, I, I just try to make it. I want, I'll play That's for important. anything as long yeah. as yeah, as long as it's a fair game. I'm in. I'm a gambler. I love it. I love the action. Um, but I'll I would say my handicap travels pretty well right now. Okay. And my last question, and the same in regards to the money games, if you're up lifetime on MJ... Who's up on you? Who's who? Who can't oh, you beat? Who's right got now? your number? Oh man, I don't want to make this public. I don't. There's not many. <laughs> I have a pretty good track record. I mean, even the guys would tell you on tour back in the day. I mean, Tuesday I was a popular partner. I just I, I love that action. I love getting out there trash talking. I mean, the the amount of times I've played with John Rom, I would I would imagine he was probably up on me. Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, he's just brutal to beat. I, I remember he's decent. This was yeah. A, yeah. A few months after I stopped playing and I started keeping a handicap and everything, he had to give me one aside at Whisper Rock and I went out and threw every shot 65. I played incredible and we tied. 
He shot 63. <laughs> I'm just like, I, I hate this guy. He's so good, but he's a tough one. But I think overall gambling on the golf course, I've, I've done all right. Wow. Love and then, Colt, do you have uh, – are there any any particular games or any particular type of action that you think the listeners at home should know about, anything new that you've been playing, or do you guys just keep it pretty simple and standard? We keep it pretty simple. My normal game, we play either a wolf or we play um, a wheel. So with five guys, two guys will take the wheel and play the combination of the other three, and we play a high-low game, so both balls count because I'm okay. all about that. I'm not, a, I'm, not a, I'm not okay with you sitting in the cart – picking up every hole and winning money at the end of the day. So we play a high-low where you get two points for the low ball, one point for the high. If your team gets both, you get an extra point for four. And there's there's presses and rolls. We call it roll and re-roll. So there's there's definitely some action going on out there. But we like we like to make sure that everyone contributes. So everyone's involved. There's not a lot of putt scooping going on when guys are you know going for sixes and sevens. No, there is the the friendship circle is very small at Whisper Rock. Um, with as far as gimme gimme's on putts it's it's tight they make you putt them can we squeeze a master's pick out of you before we let you go justin thomas jt yeah all right and then yeah you know just just talking to him over the last few months i just think he's very very confident with where his game's at it's all coming together and i know how much he loves the place colt uh where can people listen to you where can they find you what would you like to tell them about well, if there's a golf event, you can probably find me find me there. But, you know, I'm getting ready to get back on the road. I'm doing four in a row for CBS and doing a few golf channels as well. I think I have 11 left this season for CBS. So you'll see me quite a bit out there on the golf course. Subpar comes out every Tuesday. Continue to give you great guests there. And then um, every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Sirius XM, Channel 92, noon to 2 Eastern. Busy man. Busy, Busy man. man. Thanks, Colt. A bunch of Colt. Thanks, for, you got thanks for coming on with us. Appreciate it. You got it. Thanks, guys. All right, Sean. That was a lot of fun. Um, I thought Colt was terrific. Uh, you know, he's our colleague, but we never really we never really get to spend much time with him. He's based in Arizona and then he's out at events and you know, besides occasionally waving to him from across a practice putting green, don't see a whole lot of him. So I'm glad we got the chance to catch up. Uh what'd you think? There are a couple different flexes in there that I really liked. Uh, one of them really <laughs> just being like, look, my Rolodex is pretty deep. <laughs> yeah. Call, that's what I liked about him. I mean, he's it, it didn't feel like anything was off limits. And if we asked him a question, he was going to answer it truthfully. The deep Rolodex is truth. <laughs> I wonder how many of his peers are like, man, you've got it figured out. You know, doesn't have the stress of the day to day grind, doesn't have, you know, that that lifestyle that comes with being on the edge of the PGA Tour, going back to Corn Ferry, trying to work your way back, etc. So I bet there's a lot of guys looking at him being like, damn, that's a that's a different skill set than is what in then is required on the PGA Tour, but kind of an enviable lifestyle. So that was good stuff. Sean. What do we have to tell the people that involves us and Colt Nose? Well, yeah, if you liked that interview, if you like the drop zone, and if you like Colt Nose or his podcast so far, you need to get down to Augusta next week. Tuesday night, Colt and his co-host Drew Stoltz, they're hosting live subpar from the Savannah River Brewing Company. That's in downtown Augusta. It is a golf.com, golf magazine clubhouse event. 
It's presented by doers and tailor-made, and it's going to be a lot of fun because those guys are entertaining on their own. He was talking to us about the guests he's trying to line up for the live podcast, and then after that, it's drop zone after dark. So you can, for the price oh, of baby. one, with merch. you can get two podcasts live on Tuesday night. There will also be two more podcasts coming on Wednesday night. That's Jonathan Wall, who is our fully equipped guru, and Claude Harmon, who has another podcast for golf.com. All the podcasts at golf.com are going to be happening live Tuesday and Wednesday night in Augusta at the Masters. It's 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 I think it's $75 for tickets and I'll tell you one thing, if you can see the drop zone up close in person, that's worth $75 alone. You need to go to golf.com slash clubhouse to buy those tickets. And it's not just podcasts. It's exclusive like tailor-made fittings. There's a hitting bay. There's all kinds of things that you can do there. Um, and obviously, yuck it up with the drop zone and your favorite podcast host. So check it out, folks. Come see us. Come hang out. I love it. I can't. I'm really really excited for that actually sean um all right what else you got you got uh you got any valero texas open picks this week no i feel like i was hosting a podcast with you 15 hours ago and here we are again doing another one so it might be too quick of a turnaround but you know what i've got sean (laughs) i posted a photo of my friend mitch's uh golf cake on twitter today and it's the most positive experience i've ever had with the internet it's so Mitch shot 96, <laughs> broke 100 for the first time, and to celebrate, baked himself a golf cake. And <laughs> he wrote 96 uh, on the cake in frosting, and he he put a green, he put some rough, and he put a bunker, which came out very orange. But uh, you know, people are just Positivity. excited to see a, see a dude celebrating his dub. You know what? So I've I got a little positivity that. to share too. Um, we probably spend a little too much time talking about things that we've been tweeting out, but I tweeted out uh, a video of Ben Martin, PGA Tour player. Um, yes. And wow, there's a lot of positivity surrounding that post too. So much, um, a lot of positivity. But the, the best part about it is that his aunt sent me a nice little email just saying, I read what you wrote about Ben and it's extremely accurate and his family and friends appreciated your words. I was like, dang, people coming after the heart, the heartstrings this morning. Yeah. I don't think that's something you tweeted out. I think that's something you, you wrote about for golf.com. Well, both. So there we go. <laughs> um, all right, Sean. Well, we will see all of you again next Sunday night, I believe, uh, with part one of our master's preview episode. In the meantime, Go watch some Chevron Championship, first major of the year. Watch a little Valero Texas Open. You got a sneaky bunch of people playing. Spieth, Rory, Hideki, Bryson. Martin Trainer. Uh, and Rory, Rory's, Sean, the internet has finally gotten back to its original intent, which was tracking people's private jets as they fly to Augusta. So Rory is allegedly at the National right now. Uh, and I'm in Seattle. You're in Chicago. Wait, hold on. Isn't that kind of weird? If if Rory if 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 the Twitter user that you are putting a lot of faith in is correct, isn't it a little bit weird yeah. that Rory's private jet would be going to Augusta on Monday of an event where he's playing in San Antonio instead of just like going there? Well, next here's week? the thing, Sean. 
here's the thing. Rory cares a lot about winning the Masters, and what he does not care a lot about is the Valero Texas Open. No offense to our good friends at Valero or the people of San Antonio. Yeah, but like going there, he's going to be there in <laughs> six days anyways. But hey, hey, if you got the PJ and you got the funds, why not? And you got three legs of the Grand Slam. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a great week. We love you. We don't say it enough.